Hey everyone, Larry Bailey here with Mortgage Workflow Partners, bringing you another weekly newsletter. Uh, this is the newsletter for November 28th, 2022, where we go through and read all the comments posted by MBS Highway, your trusted source for mortgage market intelligence. If you don't have a subscription to MBS Highway with Barry Habib, dude, you're missing out. Um, Barry and Barry's team do a phenomenal job and have done so for decades, literally decades, on getting you what needs to be done and what needs to be known about. We're sharing you this weekly newsletter. I'm going to go through and read it with my own commentary. Um, also, if you are looking for any mortgage financing, this is also sponsored by Ridge Lending Group. If you need any education, information for your investor needs, uh, or if it's a second home or even a primary home, make sure you get over to RidgeLendingGroup.com or call them at 855-74-RIDGE. Again, 855-74-RIDGE, which is 747-4343, if you don't like the letters. So let's get into this uh, week of November 21st, 2022 in review. It was a smorgasbord of news um, that was released ahead of Thanksgiving, uh, including the update on new home sales, jobless claims, the Fed, and recession chatter. Um, so here we go with some stories. First one is new home sales better than expected in October. Second one is initial jobless claims hit a three-month high. Next one is will the Fed slow its pace of rate hikes? Um, there, of course, will be some kind of hack, which we'll read into. It'll be a surprise for all of us. And then the last story is strong retail sales, quiet recession chatter. Uh, so again, if you're following along, you can watch while we're recording this. Uh, today is the 29th of November, 2022. And uh, right now, the mortgage-backed security 30-year uh, 5.5 coupon is down 19 basis points. Still very, very in that narrow trade um, channel uh, that we've been seeing here. So last week... We saw new home, uh, new home sales better than expected in October. So new home sales, which measure the signed contracts on new homes, rose 7.5% in October to 632,000 unit annualized pace, coming in much better than the 5.5% decline that was expected. So October rose. It was expected to decline. There was a negative revision to September's sales that made October's gain appear a bit bigger but even when factoring this in, sales were still up 5.5. So literally a, an 11% or 11-point 11 swing from uh, expecting a 5.5 decline, it was up 5.5 to the positive. The median home price for new homes was 493000 which was an increase from September. But remember, this is not the same as appreciation. It simply means that half the homes sold were above that price and half were below it. And this figure can be skewed by the mix of sales. Last month, there was a big uptick in sales in homes in the 500,000 and over segments. So what's the bottom line here? These sales figures were up from October when rates were a half percent higher than they were here. So contract signings may continue to pick up. And while sales are now down 5.8% from October of last year, this year's figure is not so bad considering higher rates, inflation, and tight inventory. And speaking of inventory, there were 470,000 new homes for sale at the end of October, which equates to an 8.9 month supply. However, only 61,000 or 13% were actually completed and the rest were either not started or under construction. The amount of completed home equals to about 1.2 months supply, well below a balanced market. I do want to bring, bring up on this though, this is talking about new home sales. Um, there is, if you go out right now, it's kind of hard not to see it if you're in the market for a new home. 
but every lender under the sun now is doing these temporary buy-downs. If you have any questions about temporary buy-downs or you want to see how they work and how they can help you as a buyer or how they can even help you as a seller, um, get over to Ridge Lending Group. They will explain this to you um, inside out, upside down, and sideways so that you can take best advantage of these moments and uh, not miss out on an opportunity. Initial, initial jobless claims is the next story. It hits a three-month high. So the number of people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time rose by 17,000 in the latest week um, as 240,000 initial jobless claims were reported. Continuing claims, which measure people who continue to receive benefits after their initial claim is filed, also saw a substantial jump of 48,000 to 1.551 million. So what's the bottom line here? The latest week's initial jobless claims was the largest amount since August and also a sizable increase from the previous week, which likely reflects some of the large layoffs that have been reported in the news. Continuing claims also have risen by 187,000 since the beginning of October, and this also suggests that it's becoming harder for people to find a job once they're let go. The continued increase in unemployment claims may mean the labor market is not as strong as reports have indicated and could signal that a rise in the unemployment rate is ahead. Uh, again, I'm in the financial sector, and uh, I've seen people that can't find jobs when, again, six months ago or even a year ago, they're probably getting offers handed to them left and right. So everything has certainly slowed. And again, it's, it's, uh, the mortgage industry has been highly impacted by rates and volume slowdowns, and I think it will continue to be that way. So um, we'll see how this uh, uh, jobless claims continues to go. Next story is, will the Fed slow its pace of rate hikes? Uh, the minutes from the Fed's November meeting showed that Fed members feel ongoing hikes to their benchmark Fed funds rate would be appropriate, but a, substantially major a substantial majority show uh, support show uh, slowing the pace of hikes soon. This sets up a potential 50 basis point hike at their meeting in December 13th to 14th, so that's in about three, actually two weeks at this point, two weeks and a couple days. Uh, which would mark their seventh rate hike of the year, including four consecutive aggressive 75 basis point hikes at their meetings in June, July, September, and November. The Fed funds rate is the interest rate for overnight borrowing for banks and is not the same as mortgage rates. When the Fed hikes uh, the Fed funds rate, they're trying to slow the economy and curb inflation. The minutes also showed that many Fed members said that the effects of the rate hikes were still quite uncertain, but of note, the consumer and producer price indices released after the Fed's meeting showed that inflation was cooler than expected in October. So we'll have to see. Um, there was uh, <laughs> there's a lot of talk going on right now about what's going on and what's going to happen. I think the, the, the good answer is nobody knows, and we need more time to digest. And so, yes, it's probably going to be 50 basis points. Everybody is pretty much feeling that way. Um, and then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, next story is, should strong retail sales quiet recession chatter? Recent news stories have questioned whether the United States will actually hit a recession, pointing to strong retail sales data for October, which showed that consumers remained resilient and continued to spend despite inflation. Retail sales were up 1.3% last month, which was stronger than the estimates of 1%. So it's the bottom line here. 
The strength in retail sales may be more of an illusion as additional data suggests more consumers are using credit cards and their savings for some of their spending. I can speak to that. Not the credit cards, but definitely the savings. Um, credit card debt has written uh, risen to 15% over the last year, which is the largest jump since the 2001 recession, while the nation's savings rate has dropped to 3%, well below the pre-pandemic uh, level of 7.8%. In January 2020, and the lowest level since the 2008-2009 recession. Meanwhile, recession signals are flashing in some other areas of the economy, including in the manufacturing sector, shipping, and especially the yield curve inversions. Under normal circumstances, shorter-term maturities offer lower yields than their longer-term counterparts due to the shorter-time commitment of tying up your investment. So historically, if you're if you're looking at and I'm going to, I'm going to go from, from a traditional zero, zero axis on the left side. So if this is inverted on your screen, I apologize. But basically, you're going to go, you know, one month, two month, three month, four month, 12 month, 24 month, 36 month, 30 year, that kind of a thing. So this is your, this is your normal yield curve. What we've been seeing uh, really since the last uh, maybe eight months, 10 months, um, I don't know exactly, so don't quote me on that, but we've seen this. And so when you have this in a yield curve that's inversion and that means shorter term debt is more expensive than longer term debt because of the fear of inflation over the near term where inflation is supposed to fall in the longer term. So that's that's an inverted yield curve versus a traditional yield curve in case you ever get that um, pop quiz on the street by your friend or at a party somewhere. <laughs> so it'll never happen of course unless you go to an economic party then it'll be all about the yield curves. Anyway, um, recently yields in the longer maturity bond, which is the 30-year, and the shortest maturity treasury, which is the one month, inverted. The last two times that this has happened, a recession followed shortly thereafter. In addition, we have seen other inversions in recent months, including the one-year and the two-year yields moving higher than the 10-year yields. Again, that's the inversion. An inverted yield curve has been historically accurate recession indicator as it is symptom of the economy slowing. We'll see. Hey, here's that family hack of the week, November 28th. That is yesterday. So I hope you got your French toast yesterday. This scrumptious recipe for overnight French toast from our friends at Delish is a keeper for any day of the year. So make it, make it this weekend. Make it, make it tonight. Uh, so you're going to coat a 13 by 9 inch baking dish with cooking spray. I sliced one loaf of plain or raisin chala bread into one-inch slices. I have no idea what chala is. That sounds interesting. Add to a baking dish in two overlapping rows. In a large bowl, whisk eight large eggs, one-half cup light brown sugar, one cup heavy cream, one cup whole milk, one teaspoon vanilla, one-half teaspoon ground cinnamon, one-half teaspoon kosher salt, and one-quarter teaspoon nutmeg. Evenly pour that mixture over the bread. Cover light, uh, tightly with foil and refrigerate overnight for or up to 12 hours. When you're ready to bake that thing, preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. In a medium bowl, mash one cup butter, one cup light brown sugar, one cup chopped pecans or pecans, depending on where you live, one half teaspoon cinnamon, one quarter teaspoon nutmeg, and one quarter teaspoon kosher salt to a thick paste. Spread that buttery mixture evenly over bread and bake until puffed and golden brown approximately 30 to 40 minutes. Serve with fruit and a generous amount of maple syrup. 
and uh, if you're from Vermont, make sure you get Vermont maple syrup, nothing like it. So what's, what are we looking for this week? Uh, again, today is Tuesday the 29th, so um, this was typed up yesterday. So t um, housing, inflation, and labor market reports highlight a week of a full week of economic data. On Tuesday, today the 29th, look for home price appreciation data uh, for September from the Case Shiller Home Price Index and the Federal Housing Finance uh, Housing Price Index. Uh, September's pending home sales will be delivered on Wednesday. So just to kind of give you an update on that, we did see that um, the uh, Federal Housing Finance Agency Home Price Index, which you can get online. Um, Chaley actually has talked about this in the Tuesday thing. You can go to FHFA um, and look for that and Google it. I don't know what the domain is, uh, what the website is, but check it out. And so um, it increased by 0.1% in September, um, which opposed the expectation of a 0.9% loss. Um, and decreased 0.9% year over year uh, from the previous report, uh, which was 11.9% to 11%. So house prices are still going up, guys. We talked about this a lot um, because there's just no inventory. Supply and demand, basic economics um, is what it is. So uh, Wednesday, tomorrow, we'll bring the second estimate for third quarter GDP, while crucial inflation numbers for October will be reported Thursday from the Fed's favorite measured the personal consumption expenditure, also known as PCE. From the labor sector, ADP's new employment report will give us an update on private payrolls for November when it comes out tomorrow, Wednesday. The latest job claims data will be reported on Thursday, and then Friday <clears throat> brings the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS jobs report for November, <clears throat> pardon me, which includes non-farm payrolls and the unemployment rate, which again, we've talked about that, how it's broken into two sections. So um, there's lots of stuff here in the technical don't worry about it unless you're actually trading mortgage-backed securities, which if you are, you're probably not listening to me anyway. So uh, hopefully this has been helpful. Again, all this information is brought to you by Barry Habib and Mortgage, I'm sorry, and MBS Highway. Um, definitely get over there and get your subscription. Super affordable um, and extremely valuable. <clears throat> Pardon me, if you need anything with regards to mortgage financing, Ridge Lending Group can help you at uh, RidgeLendingGroup.com or email over to info at RidgeLendingGroup.com or just call them. 855-747-4343, which is 855-74-RICH. My name is Larry Bailey, Mortgage Workflow Partners. Grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care.